Welcome to the Providence Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Nathan Herndon. If you'd like to stay connected, download our app Providence Community from your phone's app store or visit our website at providencecommunity.org. All right, you can sit down. That's good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I wish that was my wife, but I'll settle for Steve. Yes. Uh, if you could text my wife and encourage her to scream looking good when I come home today, I would appreciate that too. It would help our marriage. Um, but uh, hey guys, grab your Bibles, all right? Open to Luke 15. Don't persecute me. We're talking about the prodigal son, all right? So grab your Bibles though. And actually this morning I, I want to talk about not the prodigal son, that's the younger brother, and many of us have been there, Hello. Uh, but uh, I actually want to talk about the place that, especially in America, more of us find ourselves at, and that is the older brother. Um, the older brother uh, gets lost in the mix. He's easy to say, yeah, the older brother didn't want to party because the younger son and all this stuff, but the older brother is more lost than the younger one, and I want to talk about that this morning. Uh, before we, So uh, as you're turning to Luke 15, though, on your device or in your Bibles, uh, I do want to uh, talk about a few things. Number one, <clears throat> I just want to put an exclamation point on the WIND conference. It's going to be a great thing, and we, we can only beg you to go, all right? Um, so, but you're going to miss something phenomenal if you don't, and we, we want to see you blessed. And so I just put my seal of approval on that message. And then Chad back here leading the deacon team, the deacon team is seeing the unseen. They're really our missions movement, so get behind this man and that team, what they're doing. I I promise you, we want to be a church that actually lights up the darkness, amen? And so we got to get behind people that are are saying, hey, let's go do this. And so um, so I'm so excited about that. Um, But uh, I do want to say this, that today is November 1st. And does anybody know what, um, what November 1st is according to the church calendar? Not the Providence church calendar, I mean the church calendar. Anybody know? Just shout it out. All Saints Day. So we've got some good former Catholics in here, right? Or Episcopalians or whatever you are uh, or were. Um, but, uh, and actually, the All Saints Day is a day that, was on the, uh, that is on the calendar. And here's why it was on the calendar is because Rome was persecuting so many believers and persecuting them to the point of death uh, in, the, in the very early church. If you open your uh, Bibles, and I I was going to be preaching on this, but Acts chapter 8, you will see that a great persecution broke out on the church after Stephen, the first deacon, was martyred, and the heavens opened up, and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father, and they were vehemently angry at him and killed him with rocks. All right? Then a great persecution breaks out on the church. And if you know anything about church history, the church started, here's what, here's what started the spread of the gospel in the world, was persecution against the church. Do you know that? I, I, I've been saying this this week, that the church is best when it's pressed. All right? And guys, and so like in, in the state of the world and things like this, I, I want to encourage you, we want to see godliness We want to see righteousness in all the right places, but what we want to see more than all of those things, even if if we have a Nero for a leader, what we want to see the most is the church alive to the best news in the world that no no person in any position will stop a passion for the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ even in the worst of times. So I was going to preach on that. I was going to preach on that. 
But I, I, when, you look at the, when you look at the world and you look at the church globally, when you look at the church in China, when you look at the church in Ukraine, when you look at the church in Brazil, there's such life in the church. In fact, most churches, if they had a $40,000 tent like this, they would be like, wow, <laughs> we have to meet in secret and jeopardy of our lives and you get to meet in a tent. Wow, we just baptized people and we had to break open, uh, break ice off the lake and baptize people in frozen water. <laughs> you, you get to meet in a tent with a heater? Woo! So there's a thankfulness in the church globally that we don't possess. But I want us to. Come on. I, I, I want us to be so, like, I want comfort and convenience to not even come off of our lips. And it's just Jesus and his kingdom. It is just hearts ablaze. It is just, God, we're, 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 I want us to be the most silly, silly happy people that have ever touched foot in Spring Grove, Pennsylvania next week when we go into our new facility and we walk into a facility that we all, we all chipped in and we say, wow, what a tool. The gospel's gonna go out here. People are gonna get wrecked here. Jesus is gonna be lifted high here. Jesus is everything to us. Just come on. That's the kind of church that I wanna be. All right? So, so guys, so, so we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, and we've got people that have laid down their lives for the gospel, finding Jesus of more value than life itself. And that is the cloud that surrounds us, and they're championing us in these days, and they're saying, go for it. Go for it. Now, let me talk. I want to talk right now about what I really think is a, a, real, a, a real key, a real tool, a real something that is maybe standing in the way from a fiery faith that is alive and well. And that is, I, I, I kind of gave you a warning shot, but that is an older brother's spirit way too alive. Actually, spiritualized and celebrated in the church instead of despised and delivered from. All right, like when we see the, the older brother spirit in people, we make them leaders. <laughs> Instead of laying hands on them and say, come out, right? <laughs> uh, we, 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 we make people that are working their tails off and just doing stuff, going crazy, calling out sin from a hilltop. We make them leaders. We spiritualize that nonsense. Show me one time where Jesus did anything other than a loving call to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, I want you in my house. I'm not chasing you away with my anger. <laughs> Sounds like we need to read Luke 15. All right? So I'm actually going to start uh, today uh, in Luke 15, but, but I've read about the younger brother so much and the father's response when he comes home so many times to you over the years. So this morning, I'm actually going to start in Luke 15, chapter 25. And I'm just going to read to the end of the chapter. And I, I, want us to, I want us to, anything that we see as we read, anything that the Spirit would, would poke us. Have you ever been poked by Holy Spirit? Uh, <laughs> it's so loving and painful all at once, you know? Uh, if you looked in the face of Holy Spirit as he's poking you, he'd be smiling. <laughs> uh, but he'd be inviting you into a great surgery uh, with no anesthesia. All right? It would just be like, let's get this out. Let's get this out. 
And so, so here's, as, as we read and as we, as we see what God has to say to older brothers, um, because older brothers have righteous opinions, right? Not everything they say is, is wrong. They have good works. It's, it's easy to disguise their lack of faith in God for their self-righteousness, all right? They're so self-righteous, they don't realize that they've been using God to get what they want, and they've run away from the heart of the father more than the younger brother. So it's easy to see older brother. They're busy, they're respectable, exemplary lifestyles. And they say, ha! Yeah. But we don't hear, guys, I need you to see this. I'm begging you to see this. Holy Spirit, show us where this is happening in us, in our hearts, and our minds where older brothers are more alienated from the father's heart than their younger brothers. That they're more prodigals than ever. They're just in closer proximity. It blows my mind here that, that in the prodigal son story, and when, when the Bible says that the older brother, when he was coming to the house, he saw that the, a celebration was going on in the house. That means that he lived in his father's house, but he had no concept of the father's heart he, and his joy. He lived in the house with his dad and did not know his dad. And so God did not send Jesus to die on the cross for us so we could be in his house but not know his heart. He wants us to know his heart. And so many of us, we are blind to the reality that our hearts don't skip a beat for Jesus at all. And we're blind to it because we do so much for him. We know so much about him in the head but not the heart. So I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I, I'm concerned that you can be lost but looked Found and actually deceived yourself. I, I, I'm concerned. I want, us, I want us not learning terminology, but learning the heart of debt. I want us to know, like, we, to, to not be afraid of words like encounter. And if you're afraid of a word like encounter, you need to start praying for an encounter because when you have an encounter with God, you're no longer afraid of it. You see, that was the missing piece. I've never tasted and seen that dad's good. I've only known him from a distance with no encounter. So Luke 15, starting with verse 25. Let me read this. I'm going to get really close because it's, it's dark in here. I, yeah, so let me see this. Um, now his older son, this is the father's older son, Luke 15, 25, was in the field. He's working. That's his you in fields. <laughs> and he's in the field. Where are we? And as he came in, this is actually really tough. Like, oh, okay. Do you, anyone have a magnifying glass or, or bifocals? Uh, the, and now his older brother was in the field, and as he came and drew near, oh, thank you. It, it's, it's okay. Your manliness will probably just distract me so much that, yeah, so I'm sorry. Oh, that's better. Hey, let's hear from Pastor Keith. Very manly, yeah, so yeah. Oh, that's, that's good right there. Thank you. Yeah, except now I'm seeing lots of circles. Do you guys see that too? It actually looks like the Olympics right now. So, uh, but uh, yeah. Okay. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, okay, he's drawing near to the house because that's where he lives. All right? He heard music and dancing. Why is there a dance? Why is there a song? Why is it so loud that he can hear it from the field? Well, because the younger brother has come home. <laughs> and because the dad killed the fattened calf. And when you kill a fattened calf, 
one family doesn't eat a fattened calf. That means the whole village or the whole town was invited to the party for the prodigal son. All right? It means everybody's there. And so the sound of the whole party singing songs of, of lostness and homeness is now ringing in the older son's ears who is out working <laughs> like a good, respectable person should in the field. But he heard music and dancing. So there's a dance going on that the father is endorsing. For those of you that don't believe in dancing in church, all right? In verse 26, yeah, wow. Yeah, let's be biblical or not, right? So like, oh, dancing, that's in the Bible. Wow, look twice, all right? Before you make a, before you get unbiblical on us, all right? Uh, were there drums in this music? Oh, dear Jesus. Okay. So, um, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. What does all this drummy little drum drum music mean and all this dancey little danceness mean that I'm, I'm seeing and hearing? What does this mean? Verse 27. And the servant said to him, your brother has come. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. There's the heart of dad in verse 28. But he was angry. Here's the response of the older son. He was angry and refused to go in in his anger. So angry, I will have no part of this. Now, lots of times in church you say, now that is the kind of leader that we want to follow. They have nothing to do with sin. They will not take part in that kind of Horrid ungodliness. The problem is, this horrid ungodliness is sanctioned by the father of the house. And the refusal to go in is, is an attack on the father's heart. So he refused to go in. And his father came out and entreated him. This is what dads do. Son, please come. I beg you, I want you in that. It, it's tender. The, the, the vocabulary here in the Greek, it's, it's not a scolding. It's, a, it's not a chastising. It's not a laying down the law like I tend to do in my parenting too much when I'm frustrated. So sorry, God. I'm not carried your arm. This is a, this is, there's a tenderness here. And he's begging tenderly because he wants his older son as much as he wanted his younger. Please join the party. But he answered, verse 29, his father, look. Now, whenever a son tells his dad to look, <laughs> woo, woo, yeah, uh, you know, that's not good, all right? That means, hey, listen, I know more than you. But listen, <laughs> I'm seeing stuff that you obviously don't, idiot. Like, you're missing Something that is so clear to me, you and all of your wisdom and old age, lost sight of what's right in front of your eyes. The older brother says, look, dad, these many years, now here's what's coming out. This is, this is the religion in the older brother's heart right here. This is, the, this is what characterizes an older brother. And this is, what, this is what stealthily passes for Christianity today, and it's not what the father wants. Look, these many years, so for a long time, I have served you, or some translations say, actually a better translation in my opinion is, I have slaved for you, and I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. 
well, who'd want to be the friend of this guy? <laughs> like, look in the mirror. Uh, but uh, anyway, the father doesn't say that. I just did. Uh, but uh, verse 30, but, but when this son of yours, he doesn't even say, he's not even glad that his brother's home. He won't even say, but when my brother. No, it has to be something more derogatory, more judgmental. When this son of yours, implying that the dad is doing something wrong. When this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you kill the fattened calf for him. And the father says in verse 31, I have this all marked up and underlined and starred in all kinds of ways in my, my Bible, uh, and blue ink and black ink, and this is the father's response to that mess. He said to him, son, so he's speaking identity to his boy, you were always with me. And all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost, but now he's found. That's the heart of Jesus. That's why the Father throws parties and strikes the dance. And that's what, that is the dance he is inviting his church into again. But we've got to come out of older brother type religion, older, older brother type theology, and the celebrating of older brothers. We've got to come out of that in the church, and we need to start celebrating when we see the heart of Jesus manifest. So I want to talk about characteristics of an older brother. I did my best to kind of paint that picture for you and just kind of comment as we go through those few verses. But let me make a few things clear here. I, I want to talk about a few characteristics of an older brother, and, and number one, an older brother justifies his or her anger rather than releasing anger. So in other words, an older brother will say, I should be angry. Something unjust is happening. It's righteous anger. It's righteous. I have a point. I have a reason to be angry. And I don't know why I am the only one angry and everybody else is dancing. What's happening to this world? What's happening to people? Even my dad has been deceived. I know more. <laughs> it's pride. It's arrogance. But it's angry. I, it is, it's crazy to me that the amount of anger that I see today, and nobody gets angry about it. You, we, we justify our anger if we think that we're right, instead of releasing our anger, because maybe we're not. It's called humility. It's called meekness. It's called following Jesus. Maybe I'm not right. Wow, would that change some destinies. We justify anger rather than releasing it. Listen, an older brother cannot. It's not that they mess up. It's they have no capacity to celebrate at a prodigal's return. Because their whole worldview and paradigm for living it's not one of compassion like the Father's heart. It is justified anger over unrighteousness. Do you hear this? An older brother cannot celebrate at a prodigal's return. And that's why so many churches, that people are coming in. I want people coming into Providence hungover. I want people coming into Providence dressed inappropriately. Hello? <laughs> you men know you do too. Like you didn't, you didn't say it. 
Well, that was supposed to be a joke. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you just give them Providence gear and you cover them up for free. We can cover you up. I want people coming in that didn't have to doll up first. They just rolled out of bed in their jammies. They, they, we want, what are you doing in church? You don't think like us, look like us, believe like us? So often I hear, let's go back to the dress inappropriate thing. Because it, went, it got weird and awkward for a second. I, I'm going to try to clean it up. All right? All right? All right? Guys, the, the, the responsibility for guarding your heart and your eyes is not, a, is not women. It's, it's you. All right? If you can't celebrate somebody coming, rolling in here dressed inappropriate, you can't celebrate that they're here and, and push your wife in their direction and say, go get that lady. She needs Jesus. She is here. She's here. And you have to focus on how they're dressed. You're an older brother. You're, you're, you're been poisoned by your view of what is righteous and what is not. An older brother cannot celebrate prodigals coming home. An older brother has to make prodigals coming home pay. Pay. They have to pay. No, they have to know how they're wrong. They have to know how I'm right. They have to know what is godly. Listen, people that don't know Jesus can't be held to his standard. (laughs) You don't follow Jesus before you know him. Come on, guys. Like, this is elementary school. We don't expect people who are still dead in their sins to live alive to God. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ to make them alive. And then, like a dad or a mom, we help them grow. Wow. Wow. What has the church turned into? Or we try to shame people into obedience. Where is that ever in the Bible? You know, I'm going to make you feel so bad for how you dress today that you're never going to uh, want to return, and then I'm going to call that biblical teaching. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I want to I punch my own self in the face. <laughs> I, I want to throw my own self down this hill. I want a car to just drive over me. Just put me out of my misery. Jesus, is this really what your church has turned into? Let me ask a question. (laughs) Is this getting intense? This is no longer PG. I'm so sorry. So sorry. Wow. We got kids in here. Good thing I didn't preach on the prophet Hosea. All right. Um, But uh, (laughs) Gomer, be gone. Anyway, uh, the... uh, let me ask you a question. Who did the prodigal son, who did the prodigal son who wanted his dad dead so he could have his dad's, half of his dad's wealth, who did the prodigal son sin against when he left home? Did he sin against the father or did he, did he sin against the older brother? He sinned against the father. Why is the older brother mad? Because he doesn't know the father. Uh, who, who is, despite the sin, who is full of compassion? The one who is sinned against or the one who is not sinned against? The one who is sinned against is full of compassion. Why? Because he's the father. That's why. Who is full of anger, though he was not sinned against? 
the older brother. Why? Because even though he was not sinned against, he knows nothing of his father's heart. He only knows the thoughts of his own ticked off situation. And he just wants life the way he wants it. Life the way that makes sense to him. But though he lives in his dad's house, obviously, guys, he's not a part of his dad's heart. An older brother refuses to take part in a coming home celebration because love and extravagant grace actually sound unbiblical to them. It makes absolutely no sense to them. It actually makes them angry. They get angry like they were the ones sinned against when the father who was sinned against is actually loving by sending his son to pay for all of those sins and to start a party and welcome them to a dance. So older brothers justify anger rather than releasing it. Guys, you want a little takeaway from this, all right? <laughs> Release all the anger that you've got. The, the, the cross of Jesus Christ can handle your anger. And stop justifying it, stop pretending it's spiritual, and, and get it out. We don't need angry leaders. We need grace-filled lovers, lovesick with, so lovesick with Jesus that we overflow in the heart of the Father, now, so justify, justifying anger rather than releasing it, that's a characteristic of an older brother. But here's another one, is that an older brother takes his or her goodness and weaponizes it. So you weaponize your goodness when you are an older brother or an older sister. Let me read where I get that. Uh, it's in, it starts in verse 29. Uh, but he answered his father, look, and we talked about what that means. Look, I know more than you. Look, you're missing a point. Listen, you, you're so close to your son that you've been deceived. You can't even see what's happening right in front of your eyes. Okay, look, these many years I have served you and I never disobeyed your command. So there's serving and there's obedience, okay? Those are good things. I'm serving you these many years. I've never disobeyed your command. I'm obeying uh, many years. Now here he comes and he puts a, a shell in the chamber and he blasts his dad with his goodness. But you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends, but here's that, let's put another one in, cock it hard, bam! But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property, not like me, I've been slaving for you, I've been obeying every command that you have, and not like me, I'm just saying, this is what you're having, here's me and here's him, and I'm better and he's worse, and this is what, you invited him to a dance? When this son of yours, who has devoured your property, while I was slaving for you with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. Kabam! <sighs> Older brothers take their goodness and blast you with it. Look what I've done. Here's, here's a record of all my rights. Here's my uh, job description. Not, not the job description. Here's my repertoire. Look at all the things that I've done for all these years. Why have you not made me a leader at Providence? Look at all that I've done. Were you serving to be a leader or were you serving out of love? You're not a leader because you're serving for wrong reasons. Look in the mirror. Well, why are you doing all these things? When you take your goodness, cock it in a gun and shoot people with your good works. You're showing that your heart is out of sync with God's. You can, it's, it's actually, you weaponize your goodness and you actually use your goodness. You use your service. You use your obedience against God and others. 
this is how it looks, older brother, this is how it looks uh, in life and in the family. I cook for you, I clean for you, and then you come home and you do this. It's not like, woo, you look great, like Steve. It's not, it's not that. I cook for you, I clean for you, you can have that. How about this? I work my tail off night and day to put a roof over our heads and food on this table. And you, you, you. You're using your goodness to shoot your family. <laughs> put a roof over your family's head because you're a parent. Put, a, put food on the table because you're a dad. Out of love. Don't make, make people feel bad for it. <laughs> or here's how it looks in the church. I've done everything you've asked of me. I've done everything you've asked of me. Oh, and? <laughs> Do you want a cookie? <laughs> no, I want a position. Whoops, whoops. Oh, I see. I've served here for 10 years and you never fill in the blank. There's a million examples of what it looks like to be an older brother, weaponizing your goodness, weaponizing your service. But when you weaponize your goodness in your service, you show that it was always out of touch with the Father. And it wasn't actually a service, it was slavery. To a form of righteousness that doesn't work. A form of righteousness that's like filthy rags in God's eyes. When, when weaponizing goodness, what you're actually doing is, is you're taking all of your service all of your labors and all of your acts of love, and you're, you're using it all to say, you owe me a goat. You owe me this. And what you're doing is, is you're trying to take control. You're using your goodness to take control, which reveals the heart of all the service and the motives behind your supposed love. Is that clear enough? I hope. This is, this is bad, <laughs> and it happens so much. That's why I'm fired up. Listen, the heart of the older brother was never set on the father. He just lived in close proximity to his dad. The heart of the older brother was set on something else besides God, which is not what God's kingdom looks like. Jesus is the king of the kingdom. Jesus is the focus. Jesus is the treasure. Jesus is everything. You don't do stuff to get something that Jesus gives. You serve because you love Jesus. God to the older brother is used, not adored. God, let me say it again. God to the older brother is used, not adored. Is used, not danced with is used, not submitted to, is used, not treasured. The older brother, if he loved and treasured his dad, and his dad said, hey boy, I want to dance with you. Your younger brother's home. Let's do the family happy dance together, father and son. Let's happy dance all over this place. Let's show them what we got. That's, and the younger, and the older son, if, if the father was his treasure and he knew his father's heart, he would have said, Whoa, I've got a lot to learn, Dad. I'm kind of angry here, but you know what? Let me enter into your joy. Teach me. Show me the dance. Show me the dance. Show me the dance. I've got, I've got so much I can say about this one. So much I can say about this one. But I, I, I want to I move on to, to one more point 
uh, one more characteristic, and I'll get that, that man, the, the, the notes that I'm skipping are a whole other sermon on the purity movement of the 90s. <laughs> Heresy, promising something other than Jesus if you will obey. <laughs> wow. But here's, here's this. I want you to hear this. The older brother hates the law he is obeying. You know that? You know that? He hates the law he's obeying. <laughs> he's not serving out of joy and love. <laughs> he's, he's, he has weaponized his service, thereby showing that it was slavery to him. It wasn't love. It wasn't joy. It was something else. I served you. I slaved for you. The implication here is it was against my will. That's the implication. It was against my will. Can I tell you what fathers, followers of Jesus, and let me just tell you one, show you how one follower of Jesus loves the heart of Jesus. Psalm 119, verses 18, verse 20, verse 24, verse 47. Listen to this. Here's what the psalmist says. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. In other words, your word, your law is a wonder to me, and I want eyes to see it. So I can wonder more. How about verse 20? My soul, that is the deepest, realest, truest part of me, is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. Because if these rules are from you, these rules are good because they're from you. Or how about this, verse 24? Your testimonies are not my slave master. Your testimonies are my delight. Well, what about verse 47? For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. Now that is the biblical framework for obedience. You don't obey hoping you get blessed. You obey because you're in love with your dad. You're just in love with your dad. Like If, if obedience to God is slavery to you, then uh, man, you need an encounter, but you've been running from it for years. The older brother's heart never has a dance party. <laughs> the older brother's heart, because he, oh, he hates the law he's obeying, is, is now operating in something called judgmentalism over people who don't do things as well as he does. It's characterized by a tremendous ability to see others' sin but be blind to his own heart. This son of yours, this, uh, I can see the wrong in my brother, but I can't see that I'm more wrong than he is. It's this heartless obedience versus a heart of celebration. Heart of celebration is obviously what the father calls us into. He just loves when, uh, when people who have wasted his stuff come back because he never needed the stuff that he gave. He always wanted them. He just said, oh, he's back. Woo. I've been waiting for this day. Okay, kill the fattened calf. Let, let's, let's make sure we know who we're dealing with. New identity, proper identity, robes and rings and feast and dancing. Come dance with me. Come dance with me. Come dance with me. I won't. Why? Because I'm more righteous than you are. Oh. Oh. <laughs> but you don't even love the righteousness that you're supposedly living in. Now, guys, verse 28 wrecks me. Because in the midst of all this, like, let, let me tell you, my Im imperfection as a dad 
I would probably go out on the hill and say, son, come into the dance. We're going to do the happy dance together like we used to. I don't want to. Well, I don't care what you want. You're going to. <laughs> and that's how we parent. In other words, your heart doesn't matter. You're just your emotions do. And the father never invites the older son into something that his heart was not into. Or it never forces the son to do something his heart was into. He invited him. He invited him. And the invitation of the father is, is, is ridiculous. In fact, let me read this again. And hear this calling you off of your, out of your fields and into the dance. This is, this is what the father does. When, when there's, a, when there's a, an angry refusal to, to dance with dad, his father came out and entreated with him, pleaded with him. Just imagine this. Imagine almost like I picture the father almost getting down on one knee and grabbing his son's hand and saying, son, like you matter so much to me. I, I really want you to come in. I want you to enter into, into the joy over the family expanding. Can you believe this? <laughs> Please. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not commanding. I'm not threatening you to. I want you. I entreat you. I beg you. I, son, Listen. I have the strength and power to force you, but I'm asking you, come dance with me. Come dance with me. And that is what I think God, God, that God is doing today. I think that God is looking at the church. Angry people. We'll, we'll see what, Tuesday's voting day? It's going to be angry people. Bring your force fields. We should all vote. Oh, we should all vote. We should. Just go on out, vote, vote your conscience, pray about it. But what I care more about than who you vote for is who your heart adores. Who, who are you dancing with? Are you doing the angry dance with the world or are you doing the Father's dance? Who are you dancing with? Whose toes are you standing on? Who, who's, who, who are you in alignment with? That's what I believe the Father is doing today. I think the Father cares much more about you dancing with Him than you being right. I think the Father is saying, listen, listen, hold on, hold on. Join with my heart. Join with my heart. I even wonder if the Father went up to the Son and almost as He's pleading and entreating and, 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 and inviting, I just wonder if He just holds the Son here just so their hearts could maybe even physically just going to beat together. Son, you've got to get my heart in yours. Oh, come on. Come on, what's it going to take for my heart to beat with yours, for your heart to beat with mine? Dance with me. Dance with me. Dance with me. This is what the Father is doing today. Dance with me. Celebrate with me. Where's my heart in you? Why are you still in the field? I never asked you to be my slave. I've always wanted you to dance with me and be my son. I just want to be your dad. I want us to be a family. The Father is my house. Will all, listen, here's the, the Father is basically saying to the Son, my, my house will always be full of sinners who are in need of grace and love and new identity. My house is always going to be home to those people. I want you to be a part of the movement. I don't want you to chase them off with your self-righteousness. I want you to dance with me. I want people that feel like they have no hope for their future to see the son dancing with the father, the person who used to judge, now dancing with the father, welcoming them in, inviting people to the dance floor. Do you know that Jesus literally ate with sinners who culturally in that day was horrible. You don't eat 
with prostitutes. You don't eat with tax collectors. You don't eat with the people Jesus ate with. And Jesus took major flack for it. Hey, listen, if you're going to take persecution today, make it be persecution that comes from the heart of the Father overflowing out of your life. Just stand your ground there. Say, no, no, I, I eat with these people because the Father loves these people. I can't not eat with them. They're actually funner than you. <laughs> we laugh way more. We laugh way more. Uh, this, Jesus was friends with sinners. <laughs> and he took, he took uh, all kinds of abuse from the religious leaders of the day. And you can be a religious leader and not know the Father. You not know the God you think you do. So there's a dance in God's heart that the church is missing. It's just the church. I, I just, I think Jesus wants us to be happier than we are. I know it. Happier than we are. Dancing more. Remember, you know how... Um, almost disorderly it felt when we were baptizing like nine million people a few weeks ago. Huh? You remember that? that I, I think some of us are frustrated that it didn't seem more orderly and are blind to the heart of God that people were getting saved and dunked before our eyes and the service was too long. Oh? Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, if people were getting saved, what were we thinking? You know, yes. Two and a half hours. It's really, really, oh, yes. Guys, we know the kind of church that if it doesn't cater to our comforts and conveniences, we're out. I think we should go to church saying, hey, where's the Father dancing today? Where's the Father dancing today? Oh, there he is. My wife had a vision on baptism, that baptism Sunday that when Philip and I were leading worship and we, one of us just prays, we prayed, this is a Jesus church. We prayed that in declaration over the church. And my wife got a vision of Jesus walking in the back and standing right here and smiling at everybody. And I think that the people were getting saved and people were getting baptized because the presence of Jesus was here with a smile. His presence was here. We have, to, we have to chase after. We say, hey, we declare this house a Jesus church. And that's when Jesus walks in. Oh, good. <laughs> it's not an older brother church? No. This is your church. Smile over that. Smile. There's a dance in God's heart that we can't miss. We, we cannot prefer to scrutinize from dis distances and feel righteous. We have to be righteous by putting our faith in Jesus and receiving righteousness and then being happy we did it. It's not from us. It's from him. Um, my kids... Um, play this song that, that cracks me up. I think it's from like 1980. It's a guy, Rick Astley. Do you know, do you know who he is? Yeah. Uh, it, it cracks me up. I, I heard it. This guy in this kind of like almost operatic, not operatic, but kind of like this deep, you know, I've been waiting so long, you know, kind of voice. And he's singing, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the words here because it's so good. I'm sure you guys can do it. Uh, but uh, yeah, and, but yeah, the chorus is never going to give you up. Can you play this song? Uh, never going to let you down. <laughs> never going to run around and hurt you, you know? And as they were like, I was like, should I keep going? So, uh, woo! Wow. Um, but as I was listening to this song, I was thinking, you know what? That's the father song. You know that? So what we want is, is we want to be a man that woos a lady into that kind of relationship, and so we make them promises we can't keep. 
I'm never going to lie to you, never going to let you down? What kind of demonic heresy is this? Who do you think you are? (laughs) Yes, you are. If you go into a relationship making promises you can't keep, you're just going to hurt people. Marriage is not making promises uh, of like, we're never going to have any pain, and I'm going to write about it. That's not it. You don't, you don't know relationships if that's what you think. This is the Father's song. He's the, only one, he's the only one faithful enough to deliver on these promises. I'm never going to give you up. And I want you to hear the Father singing this over you. I'm never going to give you up. This is what hearts want to hear, but humans can't deliver on them except one. Never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Never going to run around and hurt you. Never going to say goodbye. Never going to lie and desert you. This is what the Father sings. And he's welcoming people not not to stand in their own self-righteousness and make promises they can't deliver on, but welcoming people into his faithful covenant promises. I'm going to make covenants with you, and I I want to dance over them with you. In me, I'll take full responsibility. Just trust me. Just dance with me. Just love me. Just Believe, just put your faith in me, just come to my house and know my heart. <laughs> oh man. I don't, I literally, guys, I've been a pastor for 21 years now. And it's basically being a, a blocking of older brothers trying to kill me. <laughs> and a begging of people just to dance with Jesus. And when you say dance with Jesus, people say, that's not deep. <laughs> oh, well, let's get deep. And there's always some, an older brother always has something, guys. But you know what? Have you ever, have you ever like, talked to somebody who knows the Father's heart, like Stu back there? <laughs> Stu, put your hand up, man. There we go. See? You ever talk to somebody who just has the Father's heart that a three-year-old can come up and say, God says, never going to say goodbye or desert me. And Stu's just like, man, that was good. Oh, man, that's so good. It's just like if anybody's talking about your treasure, you're down with that. Then they have just depth or supposed depth or it being expository or not or being what. That is not the requirement for being blessed in Jesus. It's just give me Jesus. I would like to dance with him. I feel like I could go on for hours, just, just hours. But I'm just going to wrap it up here. Just say, guys, just, I, I invite you to close your eyes. It's not a command. Look at the ceiling if you want. I, I don't care. Roll down the hill in the rain. It'd be fun. I, any, whatever the Father's calling you to do right now, just do that. But maybe some of us want to close our eyes today, and maybe some of us want to hear the whisper of the Father inviting all the older brother nonsense out of your whole world. And you just want to say, Jesus, I will take you up on the, on the offer of the dance. Jesus, I just want to dance with you. God, not only do I repent for my sin, but I repent for the goodness that I shot you with. <laughs> I repent for the goodness that I tried to be holy enough for. Just give, just take a moment. Just take a moment. Be with Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that this word will bring light to dark places, life to dead places, hope to desperate places, and heaven to earthly places.